0: Welcome to LifeWords Day by Day. We're in 1 Corinthians and we're studying in chapter 1. And some people in Corinth thought that the idea of a crucified Messiah was an outlandish idea and philosophy. They had moved on to higher things, deeper wisdom, but Paul knew that you do not move on from the cross but to those being saved, it is the power of God. That's what Paul says about the cross. He says that we are not only declared righteous in Christ because of his work on the cross and resurrection, but we are being sanctified. We are being transformed in our character, shedding the old and putting on the new. Well, in chapter 1, Paul writes this, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Here Paul draws upon Isaiah chapter 29 to make his point that God's wisdom is greater, not just in degrees, but actually reduces earthly wisdom to nothing. That God repeatedly, over and over, turns earthly wisdom on its head. Paul is going to quote from several Old Testament resources to show that. Paul is also demonstrating that the wisdom of the cross and resurrection is not some new wisdom come lately to be added to an already bloated catalog of ideas and philosophies that were floating around in Corinth and in other places. The wisdom and power of the cross had always been the divine plan foretold in the prophets and now fulfilled in the person of Christ. In Isaiah chapter 29, God is telling the city of Jerusalem that they are about to be punished disciplined for neglecting the word and worship of God. The people are going along, living their lives as if everything is fine. They're listening to teachers and priests who know nothing of the word of God and who only speak from their self-centeredness and worldly wisdom. They think they are untouchable and that no enemy nation could harm them. And God says that the people are staggering around like blind men, like drunk men, because the word of God had become a closed book to them. It didn't matter if they were well-educated or illiterate. They couldn't read it because their hearts were not committed. They gave lip service, but their hearts were far away from God. They had mocked God's words and instead run headlong chasing man-made wisdom. And to top it all off, those who were blind thought God was the one who couldn't see. So, because of their earthly wisdom, They did not heed God's word. They rocked and rolled along with their normal course of life and suffered terrible judgment and discipline because of it. Their wisdom was destroyed, brought to nothing, proven to help in no way at all, being no match for the enemy nations. Paul snaps back to present day and he asks some question. Where's the wise? Where's the scribe? Where's the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? In other words... This is what worldly wisdom gets you: pain and heartbreak. Again, Paul is citing the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 19, verses 12 through 14. Isaiah asks, "Where are the wise counselors of Egypt?" God had made them stagger like a drunk man staggers in his own vomit. The leading thinkers of that day were brought low. And then Paul quotes from Isaiah chapter 33, verse 18. It says, "Where are the scribes?" Here, Isaiah is referencing a bold and arrogant planned attack from Assyria on Jerusalem where they were going to sack Jerusalem and take all the gold off the temple and cause a real wreck of the place. But in one night, God sent an angel who destroyed 185,000 men and sent the rest of the army running. So Isaiah asked, where are those scribes who were supposed to count the gold, the money? Where are they now? Next, Paul says... Where's the debater of this age? This is most likely not a reference to an Old Testament quote, but a statement bringing the past reality into the present. Where is the philosopher, the lover of wisdom? What answers can he provide? He cannot provide any because God has made foolish his wisdom. Just like he made foolish the wisdom of the wise men of Egypt, and just like he thwarted the plans of the Assyrians. Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Paul is asking for a decision. Look to the past of what God has done and how God has dealt with man's wisdom. See how man's self-sufficiency has fared against God's wisdom and then draw your own conclusions about the benefit and effectiveness of man's wisdom versus the wisdom of God in the cross of Christ. The problem is that we want God to put on display His wisdom and power according to our standards and what we perceive to be in our best interest. The demand for wisdom and power from our own human perspective, well, that's still the basic idolatry of our world. As you pray today, please remember Matthew Prather and his family, our missionaries in Texas. And also remember the Telugu Life Word broadcast that's heard throughout India.